Hello and welcome back to Captivated Audience. My name is Marie Lundberg and today I'm joined as always with Samantha Cheen, who is a very good friend and also a professional colleague of mine. Today on this show we have Alexandre Pinot joining us. Uh, hi Alexandre, how are you doing? Hi Marie, hi Samantha, doing great, thanks. Excellent, Alexandre, let's start off with some basics. Tell us a little bit more about where you work, your role and where you're currently living. Sure. So I'm Alexandre Pinot. I'm in charge of the EU office and I'm also the MLRO for the EU branch of Sonex, which is initially a Swiss fintech. That's a Swiss fintech, but also holding my license. I'm based myself in Vilnius, uh, in Lithuania, which you may have heard of uh, since it got famous for becoming the second largest fintech hub uh, in terms of number of licensed entities in Europe after the UK. So uh, basically, we may soon to be the, the first one when our British friends formally leave us. Tell us more what types of goods and services your fintech offer. Well, that's very straightforward. Virtually, we enable any type of point of sale to be turned into an ATM. So we'll be helping merchants to hear their, is there their cash management issues and to propose an additional service to their clients. Uh, so basically, instead of having to block some of your employees' time to deposit some cash to the bank or to appeal to costly cash collection services, you will simply give it back to those who are the closest to you, namely your, your customers. We also help individuals uh, having an easier access to cash. So we connect, uh, you don't have to struggle to find where is the closest ATM, which will be part of your bank network. You just get uh, to find the closest kiosk, the closest bakery, or the closest coffee shop, you name it. As, as long as it's a Sonnex partner, you, you can go uh, to it. And we also have banks, uh, which, uh, as you know, tend to currently have a strategy of reducing their physical presences, uh, reducing their branches or physical ATMs to maintain a competitive level of cash accessibility for their clients. Alexandre, that's really interesting because given the current restriction, there's been a notable decline in people using physical cash machines at present. So are you noticing a difference in terms of demand or usage of your services? So at the moment, in the uh, the only market where we're live, so basically in Switzerland, we haven't noticed a sharp drop in the transaction. We've noticed indeed a little bit less transaction than usual, but nothing major and the reason for that at least what we think might be the reason for that is that also different organizations have been issuing a message towards uh, the risk related to the use of banknotes the risk related with potentially spreading the virus we know that that's actually not something which has been proven and that is uh, not something apparently the user are afraid of and these businesses still being open also still use our solution. So what we think might have counterbalanced the fact that some of the people may have indeed uh, reduced their use in cash uh, is the fact that some of the other people might have actually increased it because they tend to be a bit more scared in the use of other types of uh, online products. What we notice is that for uh, some of for some of the merchant that of our merchant that remain open, which is the greatest part of our merchant, since most of them are bakeries, pharmacies, coffee shop, and kiosk, we haven't noticed a significant drop in the use, and we think our user not reacting negatively to the different announcement. You are mentioning the use of cash, and we do know that, as you said, people tend to use that a little bit more in a crisis situation, depending on what kind of culture you come from. Do you see any increase or decrease in your online transactions? Well, actually, we don't have 
online transaction per se, what our product does is that it enables the cash withdrawal after the top up of the customer balance from our app. So our product is an hybrid between physical cash and digital payment. The volume of the top up from our app remains stable and the, re the volume of the withdrawal remains stable as well. We don't yet have a fully digital product, we still have an hybrid product and we see that this is remaining stable. I know you're on your own today, standing in your offices. How are you working with the rest of your team during this period? So this has not been much of a disruption for us because we have different locations uh, around the world. We're a team of now approximately 40 people, all located in different places around the world. Our main office is in Zurich, in Switzerland, where we have uh, slightly more than 30 persons. We have also an office in uh, Mexico City, in Mexico. And aside from that, we have a few persons scattered around the world. We have developers in Russia, in India, India, a few more of them in Europe, and we've always been used to work remotely and to interact between ourselves through different means of communication without being uh, physically together. So not much of a change. Obviously, we have implemented some different measures to enable those of us that used to be most of the time at the office to be able to spend most of the time at home and uh, basically achieve what they used to achieve. But it hasn't been much of a struggle, well, precisely for that, because we're a small team and because we're already used uh, to work remotely altogether. How are you mitigating the potential risk that some of your people might get sick? They're working from home but people still need to leave to get drugs from the pharmacy and food and essentials, so the risk is always there. Have you thought about, as part of your BCP, how you'll manage that? Yes, that's correct. What we try to do is we try as much as possible not to concentrate uh, the knowledge of any person within the M of the same person. So we're trying to have the communication and the knowledge as open as possible. We're trying to make anything available to anybody. So obviously anything, any project people are working on is available online, is available on our internal cloud so that if anybody has to drop at some particular time, someone else will be able to pick up where they stopped without lacking any piece of information. Also increase the communication between people working on the same project so that everybody is up to speed at the same level as much as this is uh, possible. So that's really good to hear. I'm just a bit curious being a technology buff that I am. And what kind of tools are you using? Sure. So we've been using Slack for quite some time. We've been using Zoom as well for quite some time. We're using Asana, which is a very good tool as well to assign tasks, follow up on task as well for our IT team. Uh, we're also using Jira, which is great. So we're using the different set of tools, which is not something we've just started to implement. This is something we were using before as well. And since we've got a, the chance to be still small and thus quite responsive to anything new, we're trying different things as we go along. We're also working with uh, the Google Suite products. So we're also trying different of their tool like Google Hangouts at the moment. What types of financial crime risks do you think businesses need to be mindful of or need to keep their eye out for during this period? 
I think at first uh, scams, and, and we've seen that. I mean, that's obviously something we all had in mind, but we see now as the time goes that this has proven to be a really dangerous threat. Obviously, a lot of people, a lot more than usual, are trying to exploit the current situation and the basically the fact that people are in need of a lot of things that are becoming scarce and that are becoming vital. We've seen a lot of scams for masks, respirators, and other medical devices. But there is also the fact, and that's actually an aggravating factor, that a lot of people are now working for from home and they, they, they don't have the, the, the same level of security than they used to have at the office. So these two factors combined, the increased risk of scam and the higher vulnerability of everybody basically working remotely makes it uh, much more complicated to, to mitigate. So, so from our side, what we've been trying to do, obviously I was, I was saying before that working remotely is something we're used to, but we have still checked before allowing everybody to work from home on a regular basis uh, that our level of security was good enough before we will do so. So basically checking again the reliability of our antiviruses, our VPN, our secure connection, and making sure nobody was a threat for the organization. Have there been any type of communication from the Lithuanian or the Swiss regulators when it comes down to expectation of you know, business as usual in this very unusual time? There, we're licensed in, in the Lithuania, so we, we hold an electronic money institution license in Lithuania. We don't need a license in Switzerland, so uh, per se the FINMA is not regulating us. But from the Bank of Lithuania, yes, there has been communication. First, they've asked us, and I, I thought that was really uh, thoughtful and valuable, whether we were facing any disruption, not only in regards to the application and the fulfillment of regulation requirement but as a business ourselves so basically the message was is there anything we could help with and obviously in regard with the regulatory requirements they have implemented a regime of a bit more flexibility into the deadlines for submitting regulatory reports uh, in Lithuania there are mainly two types of uh, reports which are due by financial licensed financial institution at least in terms of uh, MLCFT requir requirements that's the annual report uh, for MLCFT and we also who are also due to report on a quarterly basis they basically told us that we could delay the, the quarterly reporting by a few weeks Canadians are expecting to come out of winter and can't believe they're staying in the house even longer than they want to. What are you doing to keep yourself, uh, you know, sane and motivated? It's a very good point, and I guess there are a lot of similarities between the Canadian climate and the, the Lithuanian one, because we are used to have rough winter, although I must say that this one wasn't particularly. Myself, the first three days, I was like, all right, it's good. It's actually welcome, a bit of calm. I can spend some time at home. And I realized after three days, okay, if I don't establish a routine, it is going to be very hard. So what I usually do is that I wake up, I get a coffee, I work just a little bit, like half an hour, but easily. And afterwards, I go out, I breathe for an, uh, half an hour more, and then I do half an hour of sport or exercise. And then I feel like I can start. But if I don't go out at all for more than a day, it's getting 
very hard and complicated. So yeah, my, my tip would be, and, and that's something I've been discussing with colleagues as well, establish a routine that makes yourself, your body and mind know that uh, you, you're not just working, get out, breathe and, uh, and, and do something else. Do you think there is like a silver lining on the cloud somewhere, if there will be a positive effect? It made me personally question a lot about many things that we were taking as granted and that are actually very secondary. One of the things I can think of and which is very straightforward and we've probably all think thought about about that is 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 the fact of flying to uh, meet someone for a few hours uh, this is obviously something which is this is obviously something which value can be questioned now i hope when we get back to normal because this is going to happen at at some time we, we don't know when but this is going to happen I, I really hope we uh we keep that as a takeaway and we remember that we're all thinking about a lot of stuff we're all realizing uh about uh, a lot of the the positive effects uh this crisis is having on a very different range of aspect now let's 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 see whether this is something we can keep for the future i, I think this will uh, this will leave an impact on, on all of us in the future yeah so another question to follow up on that i do know uh, alex that you are on the board for a camps uh, the baltics chapter have you reached out to any of the other members and had a chat on how things are doing how things are going in in the other countries yeah, i actually got in touch with uh our co-chair, uh, Uldi Supnex uh, from Citadel Bank, uh, very recently, and we shared the situation in our country. So Uldi is located in Riga in Latvia. It told me it's pretty much the, the same. There, There is a lot of uncertainty, obviously. There is a lot also of wisdom, I will say, in, in the way people are uh, coping with this situation. You know, not fatalism, but really wisdom. Okay, this is happening. And on that positive note, Alex, thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. And that concludes today's podcast of Captivated Audience. If you'd like to suggest topics you'd like to hear us cover, or if you'd even like to participate, feel free to reach out on our website, captivatedaudience.eu. Until then, thanks for listening and stay safe. There'll be some changes made today. There'll be some changes.